Hello Patriots, Joshua Lehman here with another Constitutional Minute. All right, so today's video talks specifically about the two different types of categories of taxation as described in the Constitution, as well as been judicially interpreted by the Supreme Court. The case that we're referencing today is Flint versus Stone Tracy. However, within the case itself, as it is in our common law system, the justices go back and reference prior rulings, one specifically in a Pollock case in the late 1800s. The purpose of this video is to teach you the underlying constitutional theory of taxation. That way you can apply it to your situation, specifically property tax, because property tax, if being levied, has to be levied on some type of subject and therefore has to be in either the direct or the indirect category and follow the rules. So let's go ahead and get started. So in the Flint case, the justices get started by laying the foundational authority from the Constitution given to Congress in order to levy and collect taxes. And so they reference first Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, which says, The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Next, the justices go on to reference Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, that states, Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states, which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers. And then lastly, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 4, which states, No capitation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census or enumeration here and before directed to be taken. All right, so what the court is doing here is simply laying the foundation for Congress's authority to collect taxes. And what we find from this is two simple things. There are two different types of taxes. One is that of duties, imposts, and excises that must be uniform. And the other is that of direct taxes that must be apportioned according to the enumeration or the census of the several states. I want to go ahead and read you a line from Chief Justice Fuller in the Pollock case, as is quoted in the Flint case, so that you can see... There is no other type of tax besides direct or indirect. Chief Justice Fuller says, Although there have been from time to time intimations that there might be some tax which was not a direct tax, nor included under the words duties, imposts, and excises, such a tax for more than 100 years of national existence has as yet remained undiscovered. So as you can see from the Supreme Court, there are only two different types of taxes being direct or duties, imposts, and excises, which are indirect. So now we're going to go into the definitions or the interpretations of what makes a direct tax. Now here's just a little bit of the text so that you can understand it better. So it says, Undoubtedly, in the course of the opinion in the Pollock case, it was said that if a tax was direct within the constitutional sense, the mere erroneous qualification of it as an excise or duty would not take it out of the constitutional requirement as to apportionment. But this language related to the subject matter under consideration and was but a statement that a tax which was in itself direct, comma, because imposed upon property solely by reason of its ownership could not be changed by affixing it to the qualification of excise or duty. So what the court is really saying here 
is a tax on property solely because of its ownership is a direct tax. And you can't change that to a different name by uh, fixing duty or impost or excise onto the title of it because the reason for the tax is ownership and therefore the reason is the definition. Now let's move on to the other category of taxation which is indirect and under those are duties, imposts, and excises. The court goes on to explain duties and imposts. Now the courts are saying duties and imposts are terms commonly applied to levies made by governments on the importation or exportation of commodities. This is probably the most simple explanation of this type of tax. If there is a commodity being imported into the nation or exported out, there is going to be a tax levied upon them and they are either duties or imposts. Pretty simple and straightforward. Now that only leaves one tax left, which is that of an excise. And of course, the courts go on to interpret that as well. Excises are taxes laid upon the manufacture, sale, or consumption of commodities within the country upon licenses to pursue certain occupations and upon corporate privileges. So excises have a longer definition, if you will, but it can be compacted down to basically two different things, right? It's either the sales transactions happening or the privilege of doing business overall, right? And those things can be measured differently. A sales tax is obviously going to be a tax applied to everything that is sold in commerce at the time of purchase or at the time of sale. And then the privileges are usually measured by an overall income tax, right? But the reality is you have indirect taxes, duties, imposts, which are importation and exportation taxes. And then you have excise, which have everything to do with business transactions and the privilege of doing business as a whole. Okay, so now we get to the application part when it comes to property taxes. So let's take the two different categories. First, let's start with direct taxes. Remember, a direct tax is a direct tax by reason of taxing you simply for owning said subject. In the United States of America, where you are an American citizen with unalienable God-given rights secured by the Constitution, one of those great rights is the right to own property. And remember, Murdoch versus Pennsylvania has already told us that a state cannot tax a right. Because if a government turns your God-given unalienable right secured by the Constitution into a privilege and charges you for it, it's no longer a right. It's something that the creature has given to the creator, right? And this just doesn't jive whatsoever. So that being said, if they are taxing us on our property just because we own it, that is a direct violation of our substantive right to own property. So therefore, it must be an indirect tax, duties, imposts, and excises. Now we can go ahead and swipe two of them out of the way because our property is not being imported nor exported out of the United States or into the United States. So therefore, it is not a duties or an impost, which leaves us with only one tax left, excise laid upon the manufacture, sale, or consumption of commodities within the country upon licenses to pursue certain occupations and upon corporate privileges. So what does this tell us? It can't be a direct tax on our property because we have a right to own the property. It can't be a duty or impost because we're not importing or exporting our property. So therefore it must be an excise. But in order for it to be an excise, there must be evidence of business being transacted on that property through that property or by means of that property or evidence of a license or privilege making us liable for a tax on our property. It's very, very simple in the end. The issue is 
Not even your assessor knows what type of tax they are assessing on your property. The collector doesn't know what type of tax they are collecting from the assessor's assessment on your property. And therefore, it is up to the citizens to stand up and assert their rights. So in summary of what we've learned, direct taxation is defined by reason of taxing the property simply because it's owned. The subject matter is that of ownership, okay? But we know as American citizens, we have the God-given unalienable right secured by the Constitution to own private property. Murdoch versus Pennsylvania tells us a state cannot turn a right into a privilege and then charge us for it. They cannot tax a right. And Shuttlesworth versus Birmingham tells us that if a state does try and turn a right into a privilege and charge you for it, you can ignore the fee or the tax, right? And then continue on in your right with impunity. Pretty profound statements. If your assessor is telling you the reason why they're taxing your property is simply because you own it, you have a substantive right violation that they have admitted to you directly. And on the other side of that coin is indirect taxes. And those taxes are either duties or imposts, which we can do away with because our property is neither imported nor exported into the United States. And then the last is excise. And an excise, again, is a tax on the doing business, right, in a corporate capacity or some type of privilege or the transactions themselves. So if there's no evidence of any business being done through or by the property that is being taxed, then there is no taxable liability under the excise either. So if it's not direct, if it's not indirect, then what is it? Commit these things to memory. You are being taxed without them having evidence of a taxable citus, and therefore that is a taking of property without due process according to the 14th Amendment. They are being thieves and your property is what they are stealing. I hope this has been enlightening to you and that you understand that the American citizen, when well-educated, is the most powerful individual on the face of this earth. And that is not a hyperbolic statement whatsoever. Again, this is Joshua Lehman reporting with Patriots with Grip. Take care, stay free. Mr. Citizen, 